Yeah, Rob, I know for a fact, okay, I know you wanted to talk about this segment. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're talking about, you know, Richard Sherman, you know, making a clarification that, uh, you know, he did not write a, a particular article that was posted on the Internet. He was bringing some clarity to the situation. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. In, the mean, in the midst of making the clarification, he decided to speak out on on the Black Lives Matter movement. He gave a, an example of, hey, you know, if uh, these two 35-year-old black men kill each other in the hood, you know, I don't hear anybody saying Black Lives Matter then. It's more like if... And he's not the only one that feels this way. There no, are people no, it's who a whole, say it's a whole bunch of people that say that. It's a whole. It's well, you know, yeah. And this is what I'm saying. There's too many people out here who feel that if if the black on black crime that they keep hollering about that that's the only problem that needs to be fixed and then black people will be okay. Let's not take away the fact that 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 crime, proximity crime, happens in every every community. So it's not a black-on-black crime issue. It's not a white-on-white crime. That happens everywhere. So I'm tired of people using that and say, oh, we stop killing each other. Other, no, that ain't, it's systemic issues in the community that keep us down, that we fight through every day. Murders happen in every community. So Richard Sermon tried to toe the line, and you got to take a stance. Like, you either, you know, black lives matter, all lives matter. Like, that, that's, that's to, yeah. when you say stuff like that, you really yeah. put your foot yeah. in your mouth because you're not, you're not taking into consideration the sociological aspect of why black people in general, we're talking about black people right now, why they're in the condition that they're in. It's not just because of crime. It's not just because of a corrupt court system. It's not just because of uh, uh, Jim Crow laws and, and, and all these various laws that's on the books and miseducation. There are a lot of things that went into play, but everybody gets stuck on crime. You sound foolish. That's all I'm going to say about that. But I know, Rod, I know you wanted to speak on it. We got 13 minutes. What Man. is your take? Please, speak truthfully. <laughs> There's no filter. Yeah, I- you Listen, know, man, the world is listening. Hey, see, and Jamal, man, you, and I'm going to ask you too, man. And we, I'm lit, but I know Rob got, he got some stuff on yeah. his heart. I know he yeah, wanted to get it off. I mean, when, I, when I seen the article, you know, and I read it, I was like, you know, I, I wanted to make sure I read it clear because, you know, and see what he was saying. And I did, and I and I understand what he's saying. But I wanted to get his points invalid. And if you gonna, if you're going to talk, man, your points got to be valid. You understand? And when you're saying things like that, and you you taking that platform in front of the media to say, well, you know, we got to do this and this, and, you know, and all, no, no, no. The bottom line comes down to this. Like you just said, white people kill white people. Spanish people kill Spanish people. All cultures kill killing amongst their cultures. That's, you know, people kill. That's what it, that's what mm-hmm. happens. That's what it is. So to say that, well, you know, two thirty-five-year-old black men kill each other, and you know, and no, no stories been made about that. Guess what? There was no story made about the white people that killed each other either. You know what I'm saying? So why you can why black people continually to say, and black athletes and people with prominence keep saying that you know we gotta take care of the, the, the crime amongst black. Yo, crime is committed by all races, by all cultures. It's not just black people killing black people. They just highlight that more to make us look more like we savages. 
You understand? Exactly. Now it has exactly. nothing to do. It don't have anything to do with the fact that this is what you because you see it on the moon. This is what this happened and that happened. No, stop saying that. Stop saying that because y'all y'all sounding stupid. Y'all supposed to be educated people and you saying these, these things and you're not having no. It's not factual based. None of that. This is stuff that you hear from the media. This is stuff that you see on TV that they pumping you. You understand? They not pumping exactly. you. You think I've been. I've been all over the country, you know, for work. I've been in Louisiana. I've been all over in other places, in other hoods. Let me tell you something. They got hoods where white people live in, where they're meth addicts, and they over there, and they murdering, they, they murdering each other. You understand? It's not just in the urban city, black kids in Chicago just shooting each other. They got, they doing it everywhere. Spanish people in the Mexicans in L.A., they got gang wars. They killing each other, too. You understand? So it ain't got nothing to do with all this. It's about the simple fact you said it's systematic. You every day you turn on your TV, you seeing cops killing black people, killing black men, beating up black women, killing black women. That's what it's about. Stop taking the issue and making it about oh black on black crime. Black on black crime ain't no different than white on white crime. They, they it's happening to them too, but they just not telling you about it. You know what I'm saying? And when you get up there and say shit like that, you making it seem like now you now it's like, oh see, you got a prominent well athlete saying that and this and that. He went to Stanford and he even looks at you people at his own people that savages are killing themselves. Cause that's what they look at it at. You know what I'm saying? You like you separating yourself from the others. And you know, you standing on this with in this on this podium and making this insanity. So, you know, it, it, that's very troublesome. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody getting yeah. up here talking like Ali and all that and, and saying what it really needs to be said. If you ain't going to say what it's really about, then don't say nothing. Do the Michael Jordan. Keep your mouth don't shut. Say, yeah, exactly. Shit. You got to keep your mouth shut. And that's, why, and that's why Michael Bennett came out and said what he said, that the the argument is flawed because it's not about uh, black people killing black people because proximity crimes take place all over the world. Over the you know, place. it's exactly. really about, we're talking about the, the, the people who are supposed to be protecting and serving killing women, killing children, killing uh, men, you know, some of black people being exterminated. So when you get up there and you make a stand and you take, and you start talking about black on black crime and you don't put in the other issues that affect the community besides exactly. crime, and you just a slave, man. You know, this is straight up. Talk, talk about the two. Why you ain't talking he told about me. Why you ain't talking about yeah, the, lack of, the lack of schools, exactly. terrible school systems in our neighborhood. And talk about that. Talk about the lack of education that we receive. Things like that. Nobody that's, that's is born a criminal. Nobody is born a criminal. What happens over time, people get desperate. People are hungry. People don't have money. They don't. They can't eat. They can't feed their families. That's when crime takes place out of desperation and and um, desolation. Desperation and desolation. That's what causes crime. Now, granted, killing is abnormal. Like it, everybody's not out here killing, but at the same time, murders are taking place. So. That's not our only issue. That's not the only issue in the white community. There are more people on SNAP benefits from the white community than the black community. People don't understand that, but they want to say that black people are lazy. That's what you put in the media. There are more white people on public assistance than black people. 
But don't people mean? are still talking to me about black on black crime. Like you're an athlete. Don't get up there, take your podium. And I'm glad that Michael Bennett said something, because you know that's his teammate. Like just because you went to Stanford and you you know you 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 went through yeah, the hood, you, know, you persevered. Like we respect that, man. But yo, you you are educated and you're supposed to know better. Maybe if your ass would have took a different major, then you would have known better than to open up your mouth and say something. Like you know what? I could go to Yale too and take liberal arts. I'm not the same as a person that went to Yale and took uh took law. Okay. So there's a difference in the degrees. And when he say something like that, he made himself look real silly because you, you, you discrediting a movement that's talking about uh, the injustices that are taking place to black people. I'm not saying that nobody else isn't dying. I'm not saying that white people don't get killed by cops. Y'all not being targeted. That's the difference. Exactly. That's the difference. You don't have crack dropped in your hood you know, that have a residual effect of 30 years. You know, you, you don't have miseducation in your schools where you got 20-year-old textbooks. You ain't going through that. No and this is no work. excuse. I'm not There's saying no it's payment. an excuse to kill people. It's not. But you got to look at all of the factors that take that place that, that take, make, make people do desperate things. That's right. And for Richard Sherman to get up there, shame on you, man, because you are educated, and that's why Michael Bennett checked him on his team, you know, on his team. And I'm, and I always end up getting into. I stopped doing it recently. Yo, if you are one of those people, oh, we stop killing each other, you know, man, shut up. Nobody's trying to hear that no more. I'm not debating with you no more. You're ignorant. You're ignorant, and and we can. I hear that no more. I could disagree with people all the time. I don't care. But, yo, see the big picture. Like, you got to see the big picture. Oh, you can't say, okay, so let's we take away crime. Everything is over? Everything is over? Right, and we yeah. do that. Everything is over? All our problems go away? Unemployment yeah. goes away? All right? But what? The, uh, do, does uh, miseducation go away? Does systemic racism go away? I told you, man. It's I was just, a white man right. online, you know. I applied for jobs as a white man. I got mad hits in my email. You would think that's an accident? Like, there are <laughs> white Cordells out there. I found that out, too, when I did a couple of internet searches. Like, wow, okay, they got white Corys. I didn't know that until I really looked. I'm like, yeah, I got a white man. I got a white <laughs> woman. Yeah. Shoot, I got a lot of internet hits on my resume on Monster.com. Right. I don't want right. that job. But it's just all about research at this point. But you start right. seeing stuff for what it is. So you can't take one issue and try to latch on to that. And I know he got paid. I, I keep trying to tell people, please make the connection. When you say a slave, a $40 million slave, you're working for somebody that got a big check. You're getting money. Yo, you're going to keep your mouth shut. You're not going to be out there making them type of statements because What's you are name? Toby. Say it, Toby. You know what I'm saying? You got Talk to check that's what it is, Cole. Yeah. Uh, nah, hey, yeah, hey, I agree with everything what y'all are saying. And, and it goes back to the issue that I brought up the past few weeks on the show. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. we as a people, I hear like I got a couple homeboys and I hear people all the time around here in my hometown. They sit there talking about, well, okay, like a black person getting in trouble, right? And they'll sit there and say, well, and see, that's why they look at us a certain way. I'm like, what you mean look at us a certain way? It ain't no different than what than what a white man going to the store, robbing the store. It ain't no difference. But because they sit up there and show this on TV, 
or show this in movies or wherever it is you get this from, you automatically get this idea that because we do something wrong, that all of a sudden they're going to look at us a different way. No. It's the same thing across the board. You see what I'm saying? But because you've been brainwashed, whether you want to sit here in a minute or not, and it goes back, it goes back to our schools too. Like, like I said, the issues I brought up the past, uh, the past couple weeks on the show about our school, certain schools here in my hometown and abroad across the country. Actually, you know what I'm saying? Okay, you go, you go list, you go bring out these grades of these schools, right? And the black schools are, 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 are below the white schools. But why is that? Why is that? It's because okay, you got you got black teachers that are sit there and say, "Well, I'm not gonna go over there and teach because they ain't paying me enough." Oh, so you got to get a bigger check to go teach your own people. But you gonna sit up there and talk junk about these kids when they get in trouble. But you ain't gonna do nothing. You ain't gonna do nothing to help them out. You see what I'm saying? Bam, bam, bam. Wow. Yeah. Hey, hey. You know what? Hey, hey. This is why. This is why. You know, if you the people who out there who haven't haven't really listened to the body of work of this show, as we, you know, we got two minutes left, and I, I know Sharia wish she was on this one because she be having a lot to say, man. Like she's a deep she's a deep sister. I gotta give it to her. And you know, we went in, we held it down, and uh, we took it to another level, another notch because basically we ain't have her to kind of rein us back in because Sharia is like the balance. You know, because Rob go off on the deep end, I'll go off on the deep end, and we talking about two different things, but to the same end. So we, and then you know, we got callers like you. You ask the questions that make us answer. Like we provide an answer. Somebody out there is listening to these shows, and they get some answers. They're like, who is right. these guys? Who are them? Right. They get the truth out. That's what we want right. to do, and that's why we talk about these subjects and these topics, and you know, and we pay homage, man the people who actually did something. But we also call people out on the rug. Like, you can't just come out your face and say things like that and expect to, uh, you know, let it let it walk. And just because you are a football cool. player doesn't mean nothing. We got one minute left. But go ahead, Jamal. But think about it, Cole. Cool. Think about it, though. Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman has blown up now. Well, Richard Sherman has blown right. up now. So what happens when we get to that, that part of blowing up in entertainment and athleticism. What yeah, we change our whole tone. We change the tone because remember how he was when he first when he first started. Yeah, remember, right. remember that. Humble. Go back. Go back to when he first. Yeah. yeah go back to when he first started. Yeah. He spoke the truth. But then he comes. But now you come back now. And I, because I actually he when I heard that when I heard that I was gonna share it with y'all on Facebook. But I, I never did get around to it. But I'm like, because I was gonna ask y'all what y'all thought about that. Right. We gonna you know what? It's thirty seconds left. We are gonna finish this conversation in the next episode, definitely. I'm because we got a lot to talk about. Tomorrow appreciate it, brother. We got a lot to talk about, man. I'm glad Jariah will be back here and you know, we taking us out. This is true sports talk. We gonna be back next week, episode ten. Stay with us. Peace. Black-on-black crime is 40%. Uh, The white victims of the black violent offender is 39%. So what does that tell you? That black people killing people irregardless of your race. So if you want to say that the black man is dangerous, okay, go ahead. You want to say that? I mean, I have other statistics that would tell you that that's propaganda too in comparison to 
the white man who white on white crime is 82%. So a white man, a violent white man is going to go out and harm a white man 82% of the time. But I'm supposed to listen to Ray Lewis tell me that the problems in the black community is black on black crime, even though it's at 40%. There's so many more things that's wrong in the black community other than crime. So people like him, Richard Sherman, I mean, all you dudes, I, I, I don't, I don't understand your mentality when you, when you spewing that bull. I call it bullshit because <laughs> you, you really just talking propaganda because forty percent don't lie. Like, like people tell me all day, numbers don't lie. So if black on black crime is forty percent. What the hell are you talking to me about it? If white on white crime is eighty, eighty-two percent, and no, they don't have anything to do with each other. But obviously, that's not our main issue in the black community. So Ray Lewis, Richard Sherman, all you people out there who be towing the line on that dumb shit, this is for you. What the fuck are you talking about? How you feel about that Ray Lewis video? Talk to me, man. Let's get somebody on the line. So we got somebody on the line. Let, let, let's, let, let's, so they can listen in. What's your name? Where you calling from? Y'all know who this is. <clears throat> Jamal, what's going on? What's going what's on, bro? What's, what's going on, Not brother? Much. I was sitting here watching uh-huh. the rain of football, baby. So oh, okay, just, okay. Just, thought I, just thought I'd tune in with y'all. You know, you know how it is. It's yes, all good. We're we talking about a football player right now who probably, you know, off his meds. You know, that antler got side effects. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I wouldn't doubt it. No. I, <laughs> I don't know I if he got concussions it. or whatever he got, bro. I don't know. He, he, he got, got CTE or something. Brain. Yeah, I but don't check, know. check it out, though, bro. He he talk about black on black crime, but he had blood on his shirt in the limo. Man, he need to in shut the, the hell up. Like, what did you do? And you know, I don't. And I want to make this perfectly clear. I am. I Ray my Ray Lewis is my dude because you know I for, I mess with him since Miami. And the Ravens is like my second one of my one of my football teams, cause you know what I'm saying. But he jumped out the window right now, bro. Bro, you jumped out the window with the nine minute video, sounding like Martin Luther King. And <laughs> I mean, you throwing out all these numbers. I mean, bro, you're Ray Lewis. If you really, if you really, if you really, you know what I'm saying. You really cared, and it was only like that. You can. It's never for you to reach out to the to the Baltimore chapter of Black Lives. There's nothing for you to reach out to the Chicago chapter of Black Lives. And personally, on the phone, instead of putting this, 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 this shit on, on social media that you call the devil's playground. You mm-hmm. just call it the devil's playground, but here you are for nine minutes on it talking shit and without, without having even spoken to anybody in Black Lives Matter. To ask them what you know, what's the what's the function of your cause? What's going on? This, that, and the third. I'm like, come on, bro. You gotta do better than that, man. You can't you can't can't just get on just start saying shit on on social media and act like you know you're gonna yeah you're gonna fool the mother cats that's deaf, dumb, and blind, but you ain't gonna fool the cats that got knowledge, themselves, and they go because they gonna see through this bullshit. Like first of all, you know what I'm saying? You sitting there talking. Black lives, you know, people. Some people say it wasn't an attack. I'm like, it is an attack. 
You mentioned them. That's what they that's what they that's what they running with. You as a black man, and you said you know as a black man that you know that our lives matter. Then what do you want playing on a nine minute video rant about what are they doing? You should know what they're doing if you picked up the phone and called them. If you went down to the office right. and seen them, that's all you got to mm-hmm. do. Cause you are you're a person in a position that you can make changes happen. You can make mm-hmm. something happen. You know what I'm saying? If you you feel that strongly about it, then, then you can do something. You in a position where you can do something and make them and affect lives. But instead, you took you go on Facebook with a nine minute viral so you don't go viral. And that's all he's talking about. Oh, Ray Lewis attacks the, you know, Black Lives Black Lives Matters movement. Where are you at now? Now, 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 everybody's coming at you. Where you ain't got no more videos for us to see. You ain't got nothing else to talk about. I mean, come on, we can get nasty. I can get nasty. I can get nasty like my man C just did, and be like, "Yo, you murdered somebody that was you. You was you was there when a black man got murdered." Right, you know what it is, bro. What retribution are you giving to that man's family? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's crazy. You know, honestly, yo, come on, man. I mean, why nobody talks about the numbers? Kind of, but it's kind why of they don't talk about the numbers? In the face, though, forty percent like black crime. You know, forty percent. It's just it's forty percent. It's a slap in the face. It's like you know, you coming out for for who you are in particular. And then considering your past, and yeah, you may have gotten by it and gotten through it and, 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 you know, dealt with it, I guess. But at the same point in time, then you come up with this. So it's like, it, it doesn't, it really doesn't make sense. You know, you coming up and then, and then you, when you look at the numbers, it's not what you're, what you're saying. So it's like, you're kind of just spewing empty rhetoric about things that that's really not necessarily true because the numbers don't support it. But it's like you're coming out and you're you're making it sound as if oh my god you know this is the problem this is the main problem you know and and I it's oh. like you understand I know the numbers support why movie theaters shut up and you understand what but you can't you can't do it that way you can't exactly. do it that way because it's making it, it sound way. like that's that's that is the reason why things way. are happening and that's not true you know what I'm saying exactly like. You got to understand what Black Lives Movement was about to begin with in the first place. Like, Black Lives Movement was, was about, you know what I'm saying, the violence from the police, from, you know, from law enforcement. You know, that was the main issue for that movement, to let law enforcement know that Black Lives Matter, that you can't just be out here shooting down people and killing them and getting away with it. That's what the main, the, the main of the movement was. That was the purpose mainly for it. You know, there's other movements for stopping the violence in, in cities. And people are working uh-huh. in Chicago's and the Baltimore's and all over on the ground doing it. They putting in work. If you feel so strongly about that, it made you had to make a video, my G, then guess what you should have did? Pick up the phone and say, I'm Ray Lewis, and I want to help y'all. I mean, we talk all that shit about Jay-Z he, and all that shit. He's part of the establishment. Jay-Z threw them a $1.5 million. He ain't talked about it said nothing. He just gave money. Whether it's a, whether it's a write-off or not for him, they're going to be able to buy more computers, be able to do more knowledge, and get stronger. That's the bottom line. That's true. Don't be out there just talking crazy, crazy, reckless. You just out there, yo, it was three, 300 murders in Chicago. 
Yo, man, if you feel so strongly, man, go out there in Chicago and start talking to the youth. We count that we count that one that you was in. I mean, you know, it's like okay. It's so like, you know, how about how about the unemployment rate? And you know, maybe that leads to crime. how about the school you system? Know? How about why, the school why, system? Why school to prison pipeline. How about Bill Clinton's three strike? strike policies from the 1990s? You know, maybe that so, led to some crime. Mean? Maybe the welfare system reform that kicked the fathers out of the house. Maybe that led to some crime. You know, so. You know, when, so when Ray Lewis, you know, somebody of his stature, you know, comes on and says something, he needs to come with some facts. He will get backed up because you're Ray Lewis. That people are going to listen to you. But when you speak rhetoric, you just look like a damn fool, man. You know, especially to people who really know what time it is. Like, he act like, you know, you get on Facebook. Everybody's not uh, a social idiot, a uh, social media idiot, man. Like, there are people actually on here, like, really trying to connect with other people and then get offline and do their thing. But Ray Lewis going to get up here and really talk about black-on-black crime like that's the major issue in the black community, and it's not. And everybody that I hear listen to, you know, when they're talking about it, and I go, yo, wait a minute, it's only 40%. White-on-white crime is 82%. Oh, we ain't talking about white people. No, because y'all don't want to exactly. fucking deal with reality. Yeah, that's the first thing they right, that's oh, excuse me. I don't want to hear that bullshit. Right. You know oh, we, oh, we ain't talking about them. Why are we talking about them? We talking about we should be talking about them because this is their this is their culture that we live in inside of. The oppression <laughs> is real. We live in white culture. Okay, the same reason why your black ass chose the white doll and you black. Which doll is ugly? The black one. Or oh, which school is better? The white one. The same Negroes that be doing that bullshit is the same ones that are going to get on television like Ray Lewis and Richard Sherman, act like you don't know where you came from no more, and speak bullshit rhetoric. And you should know better. See, that's where I'm going to start making a link between football, CTE, and getting off them damn medications. Y'all need to go back and, and go find another Bosch clinic. Don't get me started. It's Flo, and this is my impression of a traveling lounge singer. And we're going up the airport escalator. Hey, where you from? (laughs) Ha ha, no response. Classic. Got in an accident, so you gotta take a cab, huh? No cabs at Progressive Service Centers. They got rental cars on site, which is out of sight, you know? (laughs) Progressive takes the hassle out of claims. Just drop your car off at one of our service centers, and we'll manage the rest. Here's a little number I like to call. Waiting for the shuttle bus. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Service centers not available in all areas. You have a choice of repair facilities. Blog Talk Radio. On the next episode of True Sports Talk, we go right into some of the controversial topics that are happening today in the world of sports. We also take a historical look into the factors that have shaped the perception of mainstream sports with the goal of providing insight and clarity to the listeners. Tonight's topics include the legacy of Dr. J, the saga of Jason Whitlock, Lamar Odom, NCAA Football News, the role of the media in sports, part two, and much more. Your hosts are Corey Groon, Shariah Marcus Carter, and Rob Mailer. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, just give a Ooh. shout out, y'all. Let them know we here. What's going on, y'all? What's going we on, here. man? We here. Another week. Let's get to it. Take us in, Rob, man. Talk, talk, talk about oh, okay. Dr. Gonna... G. Julius Irving. Yeah. Irving. 
Let's talk about the man, the legend, Dr. J, Roosevelt, Long Island, product, TV, all that. That's the that, that man right there. I think he's another one of those long list of, of players that we talked about so far in the last couple of weeks who definitely doesn't get a lot of due recognition. You know, I think everybody forgot he, he was one of the first with the true athletic ability to do certain things. You know, a lot of people believe it's, it's Jordan. But, you know, the doctor, I mean, he, he was that man. You know, he was the first to do a lot of things, you know. He had the big deals, too. I mean, he played in the ABA. He was like Herschel Walker to the ABA, you know. Mm-hmm. He, he brought mm-hmm. that money, you know what I mean. He came, the league, they was built, they, they was, you know, they had a lot of great players in the ABA, don't get me wrong now, with Gervin and Bobby Jones and all those cats, too, you know what I'm saying, but. He brought the people out. He was Showtime, you know. He was the one-man Showtime. And, you know, he signed that deal with the Squares after he, you know, he left early in Massachusetts and went to Virginia and played for them for two years. And then he signed on with the Nets in the ABA. And, you know, I think that's the only championship the Nets have is that one that he won, that he won with them. And, I mean, we can talk about the dunks, the athletic ability, all that pertains to today's players. They all, from Jordan, everybody on down, they bit something from Dr. J. Absolutely. Taking off from the free levels, taking off from the free throw line, the ill, the power dunks, the ill finger rolls, even though George Gervin is the man known for that. Doc used to finger roll too. Now he used to finger roll. He had it in him too. So, you know, he, he had a repertoire. What is he balled up at in the famous Rutgers, putting up numbers on cats. You know, he was New York City product. Don't forget that. They'll never forget that. You know. Right. So, right. Uh, so I mean, mm-hmm. I just think that you know, Doc is one of the players that I think, and over the course of time, people have forgot. You know, people always talk about Magic and Bird, and then from there they go to uh, Jordan, and from Jordan they go to Shaq and Kobe. Now, LeBron, but I think people forget about Dr. J, you know, what he meant to the NBA before Magic and Bird got there and the things he did. You know, they, they was on his back trying to get them to carry the lead. People forget about He had the sneaking contract with Converse and all those type of things. He was in the movie. Uh, what's that? Right. Uh, Pittsburgh. What was the movie he was the fish, in? Uh, the fish that say Pittsburgh. 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 You know what I'm saying? That was just mm-hmm. like basically telling the ABA story. You know what I'm saying? That's how the, you know, I mean, he was doing it on another level before these cats started. To, that was he, 1979. Exactly. You know, he that's a, that was one back in the black exploitation field. You know, right. he, he got down, he, you know, so I mean, he contributed a lot to the game, to the athletes that a lot of athletes today don't know about and definitely need mm-hmm. to understand what he's done for the game. So, you know, I think, we, you know, we got to definitely recognize Dr. J. It wasn't Michael Jordan who started off with taking off on the free throw line. It was the man with the, with the soul flow, afro, and, you know, he should have probably, he should probably be an emblem to the NBA. You know, he, he meant a lot to the NBA. They, they, it was a big war for him. That, that says a lot. You know, that says a lot for him. So, you know, I mean, that's my take on Dr. But what do y'all feel about it? 
you know, it's interesting you say that, though, because it's like, you know, when you look at Dr. J and you look at, you know, what exactly he did for the, um, you know, for the NBA, you know, when you look at Michael Jordan, like you said, Rob, he's not the same. He Without Dr. J was Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan. You know, so right. when we talk about all of the, you know, all of these things where we're talking about shoe deals and all this other stuff, can you imagine what Dr. J would have gotten if, you know, he was playing in this time? So, you know, I think we need to be very careful, you know, and how we um, how we label people, you know, as far as, like, some people say, oh, you know, Dr. J, he was okay, but he was this, but, you know, and it's just something that's so foul about that. You know, because he did, he completely revolutionized the game. Like, I don't know, nobody say, I, like, he, I did not have the, the, the good fortune of seeing him play. But from from what I've seen of him, the athleticism was just, was crazy. You know, and all that he could do. You know, it was just, he was doing things that people wouldn't even, couldn't even think about. So, for me, it's like the legacy of him is just innovator. Like, that's the only thing that comes to my mind when I think of Dr. J, because he changed it all. He made it possible for there to be a Michael Jordan for, you know, for he told us about the shoe game and the converse and, you know, and and, and being cool and styling and taking off from the free throw line and the baseline scoop layup. You know, these are things that we learned from him. So, Mm -hmm. you know, everything has to start somewhere, and it started with him. And I agree with you, Rob. He should be the emblem. I'm not taking nothing away from Jerry West, but let's keep it all in perspective. This guy completely changed the game from 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 the things that what what he was doing. He 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 he, he changed it. So, you know, I think um, I, I'm not really sure why he doesn't get the respect either. You know, I think it's I, I think I just find it interesting that certain players don't get the don't get the respect that they should, given what they've given to the game. I always find that interesting. And then you have other players who have given a lot to the game as well, but it's always pushed to the forefront. But I don't think that I think that's done by design, obviously. So Damn, you know, Johnny. you gotta you gotta question that. It, it's just it's very interesting to me though, as to why we don't see him as often. You know, we see him at All Star Weekend. You know, uh, judging a dunk contest. But I'm like, damn, Dr. J, he he he's only good enough to to judge a uh, dunk contest. Like we can't use him in a consulting capacity. We can't use him in a player personnel, player development capacity. That's mm-hmm. a little odd to me. But you mm-hmm. know, when I think of Doctor J, the first thing that comes to my mind is innovator. <laughs> like straight, straight <laughs> like that. Right, right. That's it. That's it. Wow. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. That's hard to follow up on that one. I mean, y'all y'all broke it down. I guess you know, for me, I always start off with um, numbers. For the people out there who, who do listen, you know, he had uh, like 30,000 30, 30, 30, plus points between the two uh, leagues. His first five seasons were uh, professional basketball in the ABA, as Rob mentioned, uh, Virginia. That was 71 to 1971 to 1976. He averaged 28 points a game and 12 rebounds. Okay. And um, his rookie season was 71-72. In April of 1972, uh, he was drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round with the 12th pick. 
he declined to join the Bucks, and he stayed um, he stayed in the ABA. And, you know, the irony is if he would have went on that team with the 72-73 team, you know, he would have uh, ended up playing with Kareem and Oscar Robinson, you know, and that would have been a, a very uh, tough team, you know, to beat, you know, and that would have been coming off the heels of, of the uh, championship team. Because the championship team had won in 71, so they would have been like a year removed from the championship. And, uh, you know, Kareem, mm-hmm. Dr. J, Oscar Robinson, you know, that would have been tough, so... I don't, you know, uh-huh. you could, you could, you, you, I don't know, for all the conspiracy people out there, like the championship would have stayed in Milwaukee for a little bit, you know. That's that's easy to say. His NBA career average was 22 points and six rebounds. He went to the All Star game every year of his career between the ABA and the NBA. He never missed the All Star wow. game. That should tell you wow. something. Wow! So, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then um, let's see. In 1985-86, now remember, y'all just talked about everything that he had. He had the shoe deal. He was an ambassador. Uh, remember, he was a, a perennial all-star. He already had, you know, won a championship. Um, he had stock in the Coca-Cola um, uh, soda plant. He had, this, had the Converse deal, was doing movies. His 1985-86 salary with the Philadelphia 76ers was 1.485 million. 1, million wow. 1,400,000 was his yearly salary. And mm-hmm. um, it tells you, huh. you know, you give millions, you give multi-millions to the game and you get like percentages of, you know, they, they was really grossly underpaid still, you know, even for what they brought to the game. So look at it like mm-hmm. this. If he was making one point one point four going out because he was that was his last season was 86 87 so he was going out with that and jordan came in in um 84 85 season making three million it shows you where the league was going you know like they were making more money but they were still keeping it you know at the point where you know you still had to uh, really work outside uh of the game and i guess Sarai, this is to answer your question about why they don't get they don't get props uh, after they uh, finish the game, you know, outside of the the ageism issues that we have, you know, in this country where you know new is supposedly great and old is you know old school or whatever, like until we stop that division, old school, new school, you just gotta recognize greatness for what it is. Dr. J mm-hmm. came in the league in 1971. You know, I was born in 1969, so granted. You know, at like three, four years old, I was able to really recognize uh, some movement. You know, like who's flying up and down the court and who's jumping and who, you know, guys like Dr. J, you know, they draw you to the TV screen. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. this guy's high flying. He got an afro. Man, I lived in Harlem at that time. We had afros, man. Dr. J looked like me, okay? Well, I looked like him. So, you know, I'm going outside. You know, I'm trying to touch something, you know, touch the pole on the gate. You know, know, we small. We can't touch no nets. But we jumping, you know, get ready to break mm-hmm. our neck. <laughs> You're trying to be all athletic. And he was a people's person. You know, he was out there. But this is this is the uh, language of tells you what's going on in the world of sports. October 20th, 1976, he was sold by the New York Nets to the Philadelphia 76ers. That's the mentality. They are commodity stocks. It doesn't matter if you're Michael Jordan, LeBron James, uh Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, whoever. 
you can be bought and sold and told what to do. And if you don't play the game, after the game is finished playing you, you just disappear in, into the background like any other multi uh, you know, multi level superstar. You know, Kareem's uh mm-hmm. Will Chamberlain, anybody anybody can fade to to the background. You don't have to get mm-hmm. the limelight after you're done. You know, you either gonna play the game or you're not. Magic played the game, you know, he smiled in front of the camera, you know, he embraced, you know, everything. Uh, you know, as it come out later, you know, he was really kind of cutthroat. But you know, you can't be you know, plus Doc was a real was a real person, you know, he'll tell you how he how, how he really felt. And uh, in the same respect as um like a Muhammad Ali. Like mm-hmm. no matter no matter what you tried to do, you wasn't gonna take away his greatness because he was what he was. And you could you know, they threw him in jail. I'm talking about uh, Muhammad Ali. But you know, Doc, they tried to, you know, mom and scandal and things like that. But that's the old the, the whole syndrome here. You know, you try to rip a man down from the pedestal that you created. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's where we are. But his legacy is solidified because, yo, he did fly for the foul line. He was in the ABA. The NBA would not have been what it was if it wasn't for mm-hmm. the NBA-ABA merger with Doc being one of those key pieces. He played, yeah. Got, yeah, you got to look at it. He came in the he came in the ABA in 1971. The NBA was in trouble at that time. And they tried, you know, they put him in the yeah. draft, the territorial draft, tried to take him into the NBA. He said no. Doc said, nah, I like the ABA. You know, I like the crowds. I like the fan, fans. Right. Uh, I'm sure they were making pretty decent money in the ABA. Nah, nah. Yeah. His first contract was the squares. He only made 125000 Oh, 125000 in 1971? Eh, that's not bad. I mean, as a, but what was, it was interesting is you said when he went to the Sixers, he made $1.64, but he had just made a mill. With the, they had to up his contract to a million in the ABA, so he didn't make that much more. He was actually, you know, he only made a couple more thousand, and really more. Right, right. From the ABA to the NBA with that contract, so you know he was. That's pretty, and you know, and when players look at him as the ambassador, he was like an ambassador to the game. He is considered the ambassador to the game. You know, they love mm-hmm. him. He like he likes the Billy D. Williams the best. Underrated, 
as far as, you know, his value of what he did to the game. Because at that time, the NBA was hurting. They had yeah. great players, but they didn't have the dynamic player like this who could, right. you know, you look at Kareem and Oscar Robinson, those are those are great players, but they wasn't electrifying like this. That's why, now can you imagine, like last week we talked about Oscar Robinson. Imagine if Oscar Robinson had more flair in his game. You know, instead of just instead of him just being a straight fundamental cat who was killing you, if he had some flair to his game, he had the highlights, you know, doing stuff Doc was doing, then his triple doubles would have been magnified. But it That's wasn't. Right. It was. It, it was a quiet. Yeah. Huh? It was a quiet. You know what I'm saying? Where he did his thing. But the way Doc played was so electric, you had to take stock and notice. What he was doing, you know what I mean? Right. So just crazy. I think about a I think about a story that I had heard um on YouTube and it was about it was World Beef Free. He had he was telling the story because you know he's from Brownsville and he got got drafted by drafted by the Sixers and he used to uh, commute to practice um from you know Brooklyn to Philly you know it's only like an hour and change to get there. So, you know, like an hour and 45 minutes. So he's on the highway. They they late for practice. Doc is sleeping in the car. So he gets pulled over on the highway. And the cop asks him, like, well, well, why are you speeding? You know, like, what's going on? So he said, hey, you know, I'm on the Philadelphia 76ers, and I'm trying to get to practice. So, the you know, the cop was, you know, you know basically, you know, trying to clown. He was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm I'm a rookie. I'm, I'm, I'm world be free. I'm, he said, oh, you world be free, huh? You know, he, like he was really gigging on. He said, "Nah, look, I got I got Doctor J in the car. You know, he, he sleep right here." So the you know the officer looked in the car and he said he saw it was Doctor J. He was like, "All right, y'all hurry up, y'all get to practice now. Uh, you know, you'll be safe." And he, he woke up later when they got the practice. He told Doc that he got him out of a ticket. And he was like, "I I was sleeping." He was like, "Yeah, you know, you still was able to get me out of it." And that tells you. <laughs> <laughs> that tells you. You know, like it's like if I'm in a car, anybody, you got a superstar in the car, like, uh, you know, it's Doc, man. Like that's the cachet you got. Yep. You got Dr. J. I mean, I'm, I can't, I can't even emphasize him playing in the '70s. What he did, you know, looking at him on television or looking at him live, you know, to mm. go up to. I know you see those pictures, uh, you know, that might be posted every now and then of him being in a rucker. Like, if you was in a rucker in the 70s, it wasn't like a crowded ballpark, only when certain people came by, you know, and right. it was a community type of park. So, yeah, that was real when you see uh, people sitting on the gates and on top, of, you know, looking down from the roof of buildings. You know, right. Dr. J was here. You know, Wilt Chamberlain was here. You know, Kyle Hawkins was here. Like, you know, but yeah. you could ask any of those guys, and they like, yo, Doc was, Doc was a bad fellow. Kareem. Kareem, you know, when he was doing the retirement tour for Dr. J in 86, when he ended up in L.A. and they gave him the rocking chair, Kareem did the speech for him because he's from New York. And he gave out straight that to him, like, hey, man, this is one of the heroes of our sport. There's actually a documentary called The Heroes of the Sport. It was on Netflix. Anybody that needed to um, check it out. It's pretty It's pretty interesting. It got, you know, it got Doc. It got, uh, like, Joe Hammond and you know, like what happened to these guys, and it was going into the whole historical aspect of you know New York City basketball. I mean, it's a, it's some real good stuff out there for people who actually want to learn the history yeah. of the game. Like, it's so much information out there, and like we always uh-huh. keep repeating, 
look at the guys who we've just touched on in the past two months between all of the episodes. This is episode 13, lucky number 13. You know, we, we, we talked about so much stuff, stuff that people don't even want to talk about. But we have no choice because of, you know, where we come from. Like, we're all uh, former athletes, uh, students of the game, watch game film. I mean, you know, like, Sarai, like me and Rob, you know, we spent, like, hours. Like, we used to watch ball, like, oh, all the time. Like, <laughs> we, and we're not watching it as fans. Like, we're watching uh-huh. what's going on, the dynamics, certain plays. We see the Please. momentum coming. Like, a certain play would change the game. We'd be like, oh, it's over. It's a wrap. You know, and yep. growing up and, and looking at you know looking at these guys who we talked about, we talked about Michael Jordan, we talked about Kareem, Oscar Robinson, Isaiah Thomas. I mean, when you talk about dudes like that, like these are game changers. And Dr. J mm-hmm. changed a decade. You understand? Like yes, he sir. didn't. He was the seventies. If you want to say Bird and Magic was the eighties, Dr. J was the seventies. Cause Dr. J was the man. He had sneakers. He had. He was doing soda. Uh, he had uh, movies, and he was he was just the man. I mean, you know, Doc. And then when you see him in the city, you know, when he come home, or if he go out to Long, you know, Roosevelt, Long Island, or he was up in Harlem, like you could you could roll up on Doc, you know, get an autograph. He'll talk to you, man. You know, tap you on your head, you know, because you were you know I'm young buck in the seventies. This is this is a six foot seven man. You know what I'm saying? He's not a little guy. You know, he's going to tap you on the head, hey, right. young blood, you know, because back then it was young blood and young buck. And, <laughs> you know, you didn't even have a you know name. I mean? <laughs> you know hey, hey, little man, every little man, you know? You know, you say, you see man. you on the court. Yeah, you're on the court and, um, like, older cats, like, who did play ball, some of them you don't even know. They was really nice in the game. You know, they walk up on the court, they show you a couple of pointers. Hey, nah, do it like this, do it like that. And, you know, they might hit like you know eight or nine shots in a row, and as a kid, you sitting there like, well, who was this guy? Who was that? Do you see that? And he's one of those guys. Do that man. no more. They, yep. they can't because they don't they don't understand the history. You're never gonna be a student of anything if you don't know the history of what you're trying to learn. You can't just step exactly. into something yeah, and yeah. expect to learn it on the fly. Oh, I think I could do it. You could think you could do right. anything, but if you try to do it and try and fail. You're, you're nobody. You're nothing. I mean, you know, you, you just can't do it. I mean, Dr. J, you know, uh, up at Massachusetts, University of Massachusetts, you got to understand this is a New York guy going up to Massachusetts, the University of Massachusetts, mm-hmm. Amherst. And Amherst. It, don't get, it, don't, it don't get too much whiter than Amherst, man. I could tell you that right now. <laughs> All right? Yeah, you're right about that. Early- you're talking about the early 70s. Early 70s, okay. 60s. All right. We were 60s because he went up there in 69. He went up there in 69. So you got to think about it. It was turmoil in the, in, in America. It was, uh, you know, racial divide. And it sounds familiar to today, actually. Same thing, but on a, on a deeper level because Jim Crow was still kind of in effect. You know what I'm saying? Like, we weren't that far removed from it. So we got this 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 big black man up in, you know, Massachusetts, and, and he's just, you know, dropping numbers. And he's he wearing an afro, and he chew gum, and he's personable. Right. And, you know, and he's not, you know, it's not some arrogant brute. Like he's a, a people's person. And they respected him, you know, and he did his, you know, years up at UMass, and he got up out of there, went to the ABA. And, 
if you if you want to be straight about it, you know, the ABA was really like a black ball players league. I mean, you know, straight like that. It, it was more court ball because you know it was up and down. It was just like how they played in the rucker, and he, that was something he was familiar with. He could just get up and down, use his athletic ability. And what people right. didn't realize is that his athletic when he got to, they was like, yeah, you're doing that in college. But then he gets to the ABA, he's doing the same thing. He's still dunking right. on he, he's dunking on Art, Artis Gilmore. He's dunking on all these cats. He's hanging in here. And right, he's just coming out and of playing. Like, oh, that's what it is. <laughs> Yep. They looking at this like, oh shit, he's doing the same thing he did in college. Like, yeah, dude, uh-huh. ain't that change? I can still play. Right. You know, I can play. Right. You just think right. I'm my local. You know? Right, my location changed, but my game ain't changed. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I'm still doctor. I'm, I'm the truth, baby. You better check it out. And, you know, these are, you see, you can see by the work he put in, you know, in his first playoffs in the ABA, he's putting up numbers. He put up numbers. He Putting up numbers the whole year. I mean, they didn't grant. They didn't play too much defense in the ABA, but it didn't make too much difference either way. Because when he got to the NBA, he still was putting up numbers. It was right. Like, I mean, you know, it's not like he wasn't playing against. Is that? It's not like he wasn't playing against the same players. He don't play against the college or the ABA. He's for the same dude. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So he was. He was there giving them the business. I mean, just just to think that you know. Young cats is going to grow up, and right now, like our era, cats is growing up saying, "Well, Michael Jordan was probably the big, was the first athlete." You know, probably for us, cats who came before Michael Jordan, we know it was Dr. J, the Connie Hawkins, and these other type of players that was Wade, George Gervins, and all these dudes right, who, right. Were in, who ushered in athletic, who athletic uh-huh. ability. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, that led to the fluctuation that you see now. And that's when you started seeing, you know, seeing the big man with the handle. Because before, they wasn't used to seeing no big man with no handle bringing the ball down, jumping from there near the foul line, doesn't he? That was like, right. no, he ain't even, he not even seven feet. He's six, seven doing And uh-huh. his ups is ridiculous. So, I mean, it, it, it's just a shame, you know, he only gets recognition at all-star time. And, you know, in Philly, I know they, they got mad love for him. But, I mean, I think all over the league it should be more for for the doc because the doc has contributed a lot to the game. Man. Like, like I said, you know, he did a lot for the game as far as showing cats how to get that bread and how to be professional at getting that right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Like, it's a big difference. You can get money and be, a, and be an asshole, but he was getting money and being smooth about it like we can name about 15 of those. We can name about 15 exactly. guys who's getting money exactly. in their ass. Yep. Exactly. You know, uh-huh. he, yeah, he got he got his money, and he did it with class and dignity. You know what I'm saying? Same way Kareem, the Oscar Robinson did it. They went about it in a different manner. They, they they knew they was talented. They knew they were special. But, you know, I'm going to give them. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it with a, a professionalism on You know, not so abrupt. Yep. I mean, and, I, and don't get me wrong, because I definitely support the young boys. I, I get it. I, I understand. I get it. They got the chip on their shoulders. But you still got to do some things with class and dignity. You know what I'm saying? You got to be more professional. They got to learn to be a little more professional. That's the truth. Yeah. They definitely do. You know what I'm that, saying? That's, and that's you're right where, about that. You know, and that's where Doc come in with, where you don't have to bring in. If you don't feel, and I don't know why you would feel that he's not a good basketball mind, but you should be able to. 
that have him as a consultant on how to show cash out once again, like Kareem and them. Be professional. This is how you do it. This is how you go about handling your business. Make sure you have the right people around. Make sure you're doing the right thing. You know what I'm saying? And this is what you're using these guys for because they've been through the league. They have the experience. They have the knowledge. They've been great. They know how yep. to be great. And they can show mm-hmm. you how to even be greater. They can show and that's you. Why, exactly. And that's, where, and that's where you get cats like the Robert Griffin. And then when they don't listen to the other black athletes, whether you believe Dominic McNabb was great or not, that's, that's debatable. I think he was great. I thought he was a great player. I thought he did. He had a lot to offer to you. Some people may not believe that, but he's been through the situation. So that's what you need. That's what you need the old heads to bring the young heads through the, through the game and show them certain things that they don't have, the etiquette and the things that they need to be better about getting to the bread and being a better player, you know? Yeah, that's what I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand that either because I think, you know, in a world where we're trying to, um, you know, get the the young athletes to act right, to, you know, just at least um, play the part of, you know, I'm not going to say role model because I, I don't think that that falls on the athlete per se, but um, I just think it's, it's a way that it's supposed to be done, I think. You know, there's sort of like a, a conduct, you know, that, that needs to be happening, you know, behaviors that need to be happening when you're a professional athlete because it's not about necessarily just your team and representing the organization or whatever, but, you know, who you are as a person, who you are as a man, as a woman. You know, so I think it's just it's one of those things where why we have so many of these athletes, case in point, we just had the Johnny Manziel thing yesterday, right? You right. know, just find out, get pulled over, drunk, whatever the case might be. Now, okay, now if that was, say, all this myth, <laughs> right, but if that were, say, all this myth, that's a whole different conversation. So, but, you know, I think it's just a matter of we we, we have this, the cycle of the same thing happening. You know, these athletes don't know how to just, they don't know how to be. So why wouldn't you have somebody like a Dr. J whose swag was on a thousand who can come in and just, hey, listen, this is this is this is how you go about doing things. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. And I, it's like they don't they just don't have that. And and now these kids now they don't want that. They think they no, know. They don't. They don't. But I'm like, how how is it that you think you know if you haven't been there and you haven't done it and you got people who have done it and been there? How is it that like for the life of me, I can't understand that. I cannot understand well, that whatsoever. Well, if you look at if you look at like certain conversations that we've had. And whether it be on the internet or just to uh, talk, you know, it says you see a lot of people say, well, they're not in tune, they're not in tune with this era, and they're not in this and that. But check this out: the same things were occurring that was happening in the era is happening right now again. So obviously, oh, we didn't learn. If you don't learn, history repeats itself, and you know right. that's like one of the truest things you'll ever hear. So you know, at the end of the day. You know, so if you start, if you say, well, he won't get along with these group players and this way, you don't know what these people, some people will do. You know, some of them, you may not be made for coaching. You know what I'm saying? But there's other, there's other aspects of the game where you can be a contributor to, whether it's teaching players technique, whether it's teaching them life skills, whether it's teaching them money management. There's all kinds of things uh-huh. they need because you got to learn how to deal with success. 
And that's the problem. Yep. Like Johnny Manziel, yeah, you get money, but he doesn't have nobody showing him how to deal with success, how to deal with fame. He don't have nobody showing him how to yo, look, man. This is what you got to do. You got to, why, why would you be driving? You're supposed to have a driver. <laughs> right, what right, right. What's wrong with you? Like, that's common sense. That's something. Yeah. But, you know, they, they don't have common sense. They don't use common sense, these young people. So what, that's what I'm saying. Simple things like that. You don't gotta. You may not like. You may be like, well, you ain't from the down. But if I tell you, man, you gonna go drink, man. Bring your man with you. Let him drive. You can get plastic. You ain't gotta worry about. It. You can fall out because I'm gonna drive. The man who don't drink. You know my man, Papa Large. I he was our designated driver when we go Absolutely. out. Absolutely. You know Absolutely. that. We were we were all over the country, but we know. <laughs> My man was going to drive because that's what he, he didn't drink. You always got to keep one of them in quick. Like, yo, my, he, he was a dude that was out safety. I was like, yo, yo, y'all ready? Don't worry about it. I got y'all. We all going to get home because we jumping in with him. And that's what I'm saying. Like, this is just things you know and learn. But if you don't, you know, you're thinking like, well, I got to drive my Ferrari. I got to drive this. Well, you can drive it, but you can't be drunk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't everybody be drunk. Everybody wanna drunk. Right. Yeah, you exactly. know what I'm saying? But you can't be drunk. Everybody has to like this. Everybody about that spotlight. That's the problem. Yeah, that's you know, exactly. let's let's that's, that's it. Know, let me let me let me go drive this. That's the problem. We talk about man. it. We talk about the gener you know, the whole generation thing. And, you know, basically it's like this. You know, even the even the guys that we talking about they really in our generation. We're just the the older version of that generation because you know our generation is really like twenty, I say twenty five to like forty eight. You know that's our generation. We're just the older version, and you know and Shariah is like more in the middle. So there's gonna be a couple of players that we bring up. You know she could actually qualify. As a you know a, a YouTube person, she saw him on YouTube. But you know what? I would go to bat uh, for Shariah because Shariah has you know done a lot of homework. Uh, she is a student of the game, so she is qualified to speak on these type of topics. I mean, that's why we all came together and put this show, you know, and, and made it into existence as a teaching tool for the younger person, the younger people in our generation, because they need to know this and. Whether they want to, um, you know, call in and 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 get in the queue and 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 let me see that you did, that's irrelevant to me. I know that it's going out. The information is there, and you know we're only speaking, you know, factual information on it. Even the even when we have our uh, our truthful, uh, they're not even opinions. They're they our truth based on facts, and you know mm-hmm. we talk about it and. You know, money management is, is crucial in today's generation. And we're talking about, it's crucial. You know, think about it. Dr. J in the 70s, when you talk about $100,000 in the 70s, we're talking about a time where, let's say, a well-paid worker, like a city worker, a cop, fireman, they were making $35 a week, and you were doing well in New York City with $35 a week, you had the bomb job. You hear me? Like, you had a great job at $35 a week. And Dr. J was making, you know, $100,000. You know 
a, a year, a, a, which you, he should because of what he has to do. He's carrying a league on his back. On he's his selling back. out yep. arenas. You got to remember, he's selling out arenas. He's getting people to come, you know, to the mm-hmm. Coliseum, uh, spend their money, you know. And, and granted, you know, it was more affordable back then if you can afford it. It's kind of like today. You know, either you can afford to be there or you can't. Yeah. And, you know, back then, you know, I know the cost of living was a little cheaper back then. It's all relative because you got a bunch of people under 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 the poverty level, and then you got people who had city jobs who are making a decent wage, and, you know, they're getting by. And then you still have people on subsidy, and there was still people trying to get to these games. And you got people like, you know, Dr. J, Kareem, like when they come to George Irvin, like when they come to your city, Yo, it's a party. Earl of Pearl Monroe, you want to go and see these guys play, man. And then after the game was over, you know, it was like a you know a massive gathering, a party. Like, these guys wasn't, you know, stuck in a hotel room and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, they was out among the people partying. Like like Rob said, you might see, you know, Doc with a mink on. We talk about swag. We're talking about confidence, man. We're talking about uh, self-confidence, not conceit, not arrogance. Not um, I think I know everything. No, we talking about somebody who could hold a conversation with you, somebody who could listen to you, give you some good advice, and leave. You'll never see him again for the rest of your life, but you'll always remember what they said. And you might not even know he was a superstar if you wasn't, you know, paying attention like that. Exactly. And, and 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 that's what that's what's missing from today. You know, when I say, yeah, I I. I don't like the I don't like to carry that torch of, hey, I'm going bash a young dude because when I was young, the only difference is, is that I did ask questions, and even if I thought I knew something, I still would ask to find out, you know, well maybe you know what angle could I learn it from. Never rejected advice from an elder, you know. I, I would never justify the the nonsense that I hear today to say, oh, well, the different times, the different era, ain't shit changed. It's just just 2015. Nothing has changed. It's still Jim Crow. It's still it's still people living in poverty. It's still sending people to prison unjustly. You still a minority in a in a land where you're the majority of the people. And the NBA, you are on blast. Meaning, you know, you're on television. You all over the place. You're making millions of dollars for people who. Don't give a shit about you when you're done if you don't play the game, the business game. That's why you got to respect Michael Jordan because even though you hate him for him putting out the same sneakers over and over and over again, he got a market and plan behind him. He got he has a plan. LeBron James has a plan. Kevin Garnett has a plan. You know, Kevin Garnett is interesting. He's been under the – he is the highest – Paid NBA player of all time, and the way his contract has been structured, the man will retire, right? He could retire next year, and he will still get NBA checks for six years. He had a deferred compensation plan. That's, that's how. Smart. That's how smart. That's how you do it. And he, and you know why? Look where he came in the league at nineteen, and he was he was under he came in under the you know guidance of guys like Sam Mitchell and these OG veterans like yo this is a hundred million dollar kid. He learned and he looked like a bitter old man. 
TB actor. He's 40. Yes, he's seen it. He's been in this league. He's a dark-skinned, tall man. He's been through a lot of persecution from high school. He made a lot of money. He's KG. He finally got a chip. He's seen it all, man. Like, in terms of in the NBA, mm-hmm. the transformation in the last one year, you're talking about a guy who has a right to have a – he has a chip on his shoulder. I mean, he's 40 years old. So somebody who's 25, 26, who's bitching and complaining about whatever they bitch and complain about at that age, you know, I really don't – I mean, the, the contracts are very inflated. When a bench reserve gets $3 million a year who don't even see the floor, and I just told you half an hour ago – that Dr. J's salary was 1.485, and that was at 85, 86, the, last, uh, the next to last season of his career. He capped out at 1.5. This is a mega superstar. And you got dudes mm-hmm. on the bench, and I don't like to call them bums because they're not. They're NBA players, and they work, they, they bust their ass to get there. But in, ter- in relation of the other 400 players that are playing, let's say the, the, the starters, 150 starters that are in the league, uh, they're not they're not at that level, but they make five and six million. You make that that's pretty good money for a guy that don't see the floor. I mean, in reality, you know, you gotta really think about it. Are you gonna go to the arena to see the you know, the the thirteenth man play if, you know, the stars get hurt before then some silly ass fans try to sue the uh the San Antonio Spurs because they sat Duncan uh Parker yeah. at Ginobili versus Miami Heat? Yeah, they do something like that. That's what I'm saying. Well, you know, they're looking at their product, though. You can't be out. I'm just getting tired of it. You're sitting guys as healthy. Are they healthy? We're paying a lot of money for these tickets. Are they healthy? Dudes are taking shots, remember? You know, they got the needles. I ain't talking about no HGH or nothing. I'm talking about straight-up needles to to drain the pain. You You know, a little cortisone shot. You know, stuff like that, man. Stuff that gets you ready to play. Tim Duncan is, you know, he's up there. He's fairly old, man. And Ginobili and Parker, like, them dudes, they play a lot of minutes, man. How are you going to try to sue the league? But, they, hey, there are nine and ten players, you know, as well, man. Like, that right. this entitlement stuff, it, it got it. You know, it got it. Oh, young guys, man, the entitlement stuff. Yo, learn your history first. I'm not saying that you got to wait to get yours. I'm saying that you got to understand what you're getting yourself into. You need to learn the history of the game, of this business, of the people that's in it, of the cutthroat politics that's attached to it. You get into that level of the NBA and you think you want to be a superstar, yo, there's strings attached, okay? You best believe it, all right? You're not going to walk always that strings line. attached. You, always strings attached. If you're going to be the but man, you, if you're the man, you got a different set of rules. Michael Jordan and LeBron James, like they got a different set of rules than the other guys. Uh-huh. But best believe, they they have they have limits too. They still uh-huh. under the same caste system that everybody else is. They just high paid to endorse a product to make billions of dollars. They are chattel, and I hate to say right. that, man, but. Well, you know, when I mentioned this earlier, October twentieth, nineteen seventy six, Dr. J was sold by the New York Nets to the Philadelphia seventy six. That don't even that don't even sound right. That don't even but, right. But I, but that I took just that sounds so wrong. That just sounds it just sounds bad. It just sounds yeah. bad. And that's right. that wasn't my just off, the, just off the, I took it off of a website. Just off the cuff. <laughs> off the cuff. Like he was sold. So think about it. Bought, sold, yeah. traded, 
waived. Waived is like, yo, uh, you know, who, I don't care who takes you, but you're going to get out of my building. You know, and, it, and, and hey, you guys, man, if they go to school, and that's, yeah, school ain't for everybody. Uh, we've been saying that for a while. It's not for everybody. But, you know, it's for the ones who do go to school, and you know that there is life after the court. The court... The court, the guys that own the court actually make the least amount of money for the amount of time that they put in for the amount of work that you do to get your check and how your check is given to you. You put in a lot of work as opposed to the guys who make it upstairs in the managerial level. You know, they walk around, they look nice, and, you know, you go to a couple of meetings, uh, you know who's going to be on the team or who's not, who we hiring and who we not. You know, you're playing at that, a different level of the game. You know, that's why you can still see guys like Larry Johnson around in Madison Square Garden. Like, Allen Houston is going to take care of his people. You know, the people that you could take care of, let's put it like that. And Allen Houston, ain't he's not high, high on the totem pole, but he's up there. He's in managerial level. But he's going to take care of his people. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. And I only use him as an example because these are guys who have personality and they were able to flip that off the court to stick around. And that's the right. knock on a guy like Kareem or or any of the older guys like Dr. J. Like, yes, they are much older. They are approaching 70, and they don't have time for your 30-year-old bullshit, okay? Because they done lived it. They've seen it two and three times. And if a guy like, you know, Andrew Bynum could say, he, you know, he can't learn anything more from Kareem, but he could go out and buy 17 cars, like, that showed you the mentality of how stupid some of these guys are. And there's nothing wrong with collecting cars. Floyd, Method, Floyd Mayweather collects cars, okay? But Floyd Mayweather yeah, made, made damn near a billion dollars, okay? Exactly. He made, way more, he made way more of his money longer. Every time we talk about these young guys, I feel like I'm ranting, man. <laughs> but, when you think, but when you think about it, even looking at Floyd... You know, Floyd got all these cars and all this stuff and whatever, but he changed the he changed the game of boxing and how you go about your business. And that is yeah. one thing that I am and I am completely, completely impressed with because this is a black man that came in here and just blew it all out, just blew it up and just made it his own and and just completely took it over. You know, this guy changed it into his own thing. Hey, we own this. We have the rights to this. My fights are this. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's something that's like, yo, know, I, I am, like I said, thoroughly, thoroughly impressed. And my issue with these dudes now, they don't, you don't learn the game. You don't, you got to learn the game within the game. And and too many people don't know that. You know, you can't, you getting all this money up front or whatever the situation is, you got to plan properly. You know, if you're spending it all now, then what the hell are you going to have later? I mean, it's it's really just simple. It's, you know, it's really simple. But, you know, we got so many people going broke, you know, spending money. I'm I'm housing, you know, 10 of my friends. I'm paying for their whole lifestyle just to keep people around you. Come on, we talked about this before. There ain't no way in hell I'm paying for, you know, 10, 12, 15 grown-ass people to live a lifestyle just to be around me. Are you kidding I got about five or six people that I'll take care of them for the rest of their life, you know. And after that, man, listen, you could we could coin flip, or or you know, we, you know, you get a get a hey, deck man. of cards and be like, you know, I right, yo high number, you with me, low number, yo see you later, you know what I'm saying? Because-
<laughs> it's gotta be like that. You always gonna have an inner circle. You being nice, I ain't even going that far. I only got I five. I said five. I ain't even got five. I ain't five. I ain't doing nothing. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even think I got one. <laughs> I, if, I, if I ain't spoke to you, you ain't doing nothing. We ain't got nothing to talk about. Yeah, we ain't got nothing to talk about. You know they ain't going to be included in your five. I was looking up some info on Dr. J. I was looking up some info. It says that it costs about fifteen to 30000 to have him come out and you know do an appearance and speak to your kids. He on a low level. That's, that's light money. Yeah, that's, that's light money. That's yeah, light money. That's light money. For that kind of money, for that kind of money, if I was a team, I'd sign them up for the year. Just to teach yeah, cats how like, to be professional. You know what I'm saying? That's like beginner like, that's like beginner money. Yep. Yeah. That's light money. That's teeny money. That's light, yeah. that's light money for him. That's light money. Fifteen to fifteen to thirty thousand. Fifteen to thirty thousand per appearance, yeah. Shit, you can fundraise that. <laughs> Exactly. You can fund it. Yeah, if you do it right. Yeah. Come on, man. I wow. mean, this, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you got to take advantage of those opportunities, of these, of this, of these great minds. Like, that's what I'm Hell, saying. Like, I'm, you're not, you're not tapping Hell, into could, that exact great mind. Man, we could put together something that <laughs> bring Dr. J. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> I'm working on right. uh, you know. we could We could put something together. Come on, to man. Like, crazy. Talk to the youth. It'd be yeah, more than yeah. to that. You know? I mean, cats just don't utilize their resources. They don't get it. They don't get it. Online. These young cats don't utilize the resources they have at them. Like, you got to pick the brains and you great players. Man, I, I would put together a seminar. Yeah. Get the generation thing. But I'll put together a seminar with guys like, you know, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take Kareem. I'll bring Oscar Robinson, Julius Irvin. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, uh, maybe Kevin Garnett. You know, I'll bring all of those guys together because since they supposedly, you know, uh, older guys and grumpy or whatever, but yo, know, they got business savvy. So you know, you you gotta respect that. So they could teach huh. they could teach the younger guys something in terms of how to carry yourself, how to how to dress, all right, how to speak in public how to act in public. You know, like, there's certain things that, yo, your life ain't private no more once you step out them hotel doors, man, out your house. Well, once yeah, you start your life your is not private, contract, man. Ah, man. Put your name on that contract, your name on that contract, your, your privacy is ended. You, know you, chattel, you are property chattel, now. You, you property, are property. You are a commodity. And they treat yeah. you as such, man. All right? And well, I, you know... But that goes for any job, any job. Yes, any job. Today. And, and we were talking about right. that off the air. Me and Rob were talking about that off air. You know, like when you work for another company, you're you're the you're the solid employee that's making sure they stay afloat and they feed their families for three generations right. and they can send yeah, their uh-huh. kids because you're the reliable person. You know, yeah, like uh-huh. you're a professional. You're the person that, hey, I, I know I can rely on Rob. You know, he'll come in. He'll do his 60, 60 right. hours. He's going to get good money, but he's going to do his 60 for me. And, you know, he, he don't say too much as long as I right. respect him. Very true. You know, and I pay him. Very and that's true. how that's how, that's how how the world runs. But when it comes to us and we try to do our own thing, we got to be our own model of success because we know what it takes because we built it for somebody else. So you got to build your right. own. 
just need somebody else who say, you know what, I don't mind working for Rob. I don't mind working for Sharad. I don't mind working for Corey. You know, and and show them the ropes and show them how to do it. Because, yo, you know what, I used to think that life was speeding by, man, at 25, 26. And look, 20 years later, I'm like, damn, I learned a lot of stuff, man. There's no way mm-hmm. I could be where right. I am without what I've learned. And now it seems a little simple because I could break it down to somebody who's 20 years younger, like, yo, do A, B, C, D. And even though you're telling them what to do, they still don't get there no faster. Either you can learn right. the information or you don't. If you can't comprehend what somebody's saying, I don't give a damn if they put it in your face and, and sit there and say, sit there and learn that. You'll never learn it. You can't mm-hmm. teach it. Because you can only lead them to it. You can only lead you to it. And that's, and that's, that's on it. a low level. That's a low level statement. You know what I mean? I, I can only lead you to it. I can, you, you give somebody here, here's 20000 here's a blueprint, this is what you say you want to do. I'll give you a radio show, I'll give you a, I'll give you a website, uh, here's a cell phone, and let's put, let's put together a platform. You got YouTube, you got the video, create something. Sit home and create something. Here, it's twenty five thousand. Chill. You you home for the year. Twenty five thousand is the equivalent of making forty thousand a year. Here's twenty five thousand, straight cash. Sit home, create something. They can't do it. They're not gonna be able to do it. You can't do it. It's, it is crazy. Man, that's just crazy. That's just crazy. And then, that's crazy. And, and, then, and, then, and then you got people like like us who are who work and who are also entrepreneurs. We will take, it's only 24 hours in a day. And like I say, I don't sleep too much. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't, I get, I get six hours in, okay? I'm good with six. So that means yeah. 18 hours left in a day. Man, my brain is working. <laughs> and even if I'm helping somebody else, I'm helping me, I'm helping somebody else. Even, you can't do everything, but you could drop a jewel to somebody. What you just dropped them might be the missing piece that they was looking for. Yo, dang. That person go yeah. and they blow up. I don't want no credit for that. I just that's my people, and I'm a you know I help when I can when I can help. So if I'm up, and you know Shariah went to sleep, we had a conversation, and she went to sleep and I was still up, and then she woke up, and I still was up. She's like, damn, you don't sleep? I was like, nah, not these days, not the last three days. I was doing this, doing that. So by the time we like get to the show, like it was six a.m. and I was back up. No, I was up, yeah. man. Yo, we... that boy, that boy, that boy, Corey, be up, man. Me and him used to be up. We be up all. We, we, we run twenty four hours. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, that's, it, it makes you think. Twenty four hours, like, you know. When you put your energy <laughs> into trying to do something, and that's what we're trying to, you know, show a lot of people. You know, when you put your energy into something, they back then. You know, when we were doing twenty four. 24 hours, you know, staying up and, and, and planning things and, and just looking ahead. We couldn't see 20 years down the line, you know, but we wasn't looking that far ahead, but we knew what we wanted to do. And granted, right. sometimes you got to go different routes, man. Like, yep. sometimes we're not going to be able to sit here and like, yo, we're going to make it work and grind together for 15, 20 years. Nah, sometimes you got to go learn something and come back later when you're old enough to understand what we was actually building on. And that's that's what that's what the young cats need to learn because they getting millions of dollars. We making things happen and we are we basically we we underground. You know what I'm saying? We the underground guys that the people who got millions of dollars, 
they'll come to you and ask for advice. They got the money to make it work. Boom. They got money. Uh They don't have plans. We got plans and very little money. So when you mix the two, that's why uh, great things should be accomplished when you have great minds out there. That's what makes things work. Right. That equals hunger. (laughs) And that's the difference. Okay. Now, okay, so now speaking of hunger, right? You know, we, you know, we had to, you know, we had to wrap up the that, you know, all of that was in reference to, you know, Julius Irvin, and you know, and he deserves an hour because he was just one of those guys, man. We must come with that. Yes, that. sir, no doubt. Right. Yeah, definitely. Doctor J was the man. And, uh, he was the man. Now, okay, he was a man. He, you know, he did a legacy. Okay, now let's get into it very quickly because I know, and I'm gonna let Rob lead off with this. You bite <laughs> off your own hand that you chew, right? So we're talking about the saga of Jason Whitlock. We're talking about a guy who, 48 year old man, born in 1967, mm-hmm. knows better. He knows he's from the Midwest. And he's seen a lot. Uh, first of all, he's a sport. Uh, Sports writer at a high level. He worked at Fox, worked at ESPN. Like you're working at institutions who, whose sole goal is to make billions of dollars and uh, control the images that you see uh, of of black people. You know, and, and that's just what it is. Like Walt Disney, you know, it doesn't get any more uh, high level exposure than that. I mean, Walt Disney cartoons. When you go and you look back. At some of the things that you see now, it was very uh, racist overtone in uh, Walt Disney cartoons and things like that. And nobody, you know, and some of that goes over people's heads because they don't even understand yeah. what a racial message is. They, they don't understand the cartoon and the visual messages. Right. And, uh, you know, they don't understand that all the time. But Miss, Mr. Whitlock, uh, being involved in sports, he should know better. And he wanted to create basically the counterpart to, uh, what's my man, Bill Simmons. Like, he want to do a black grant. Okay, okay, so if you want to right. talk about, basically, he, he what he's trying to do is, you know, we ha- just like we have a show, we touch on race, culture, sports, and we combine it. He wants to talk about that, but work under the umbrella of Walt Disney. Brother, man, you're smoking. Okay? Because they ain't trying to hear that. They're not trying to hear all of that. They just they're want the money, trying, man. They're they not trying to hear it. But but, but the, the point of the matter is for this dude is, how you going to talk about it? How you was expecting to get right? When, forget, what, forget the fact that... Hey, no, forget the fact, forget the fact that, hear, that you, uh, that you know, that you didn't get you saying that, well, you didn't get no writers or they now, from the new article that you just gave me tonight, Saying that you know that's not how the story goes, but there's plenty of stories out there about Whitlock and the things he said about his own race and the things he said. You talk about you want to talk about culture. How many of those sports writers do think that was black was going willing to give up their job to be a part of something to do when they look at you like, oh man, you 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 a time bomb waiting to explode? I ain't gonna put my career in the hands of you when you're not. You may be ready. You're good. Journalist. You can't take that from him. He does deserve, but he's also a clown. He, he says things that just just ridiculous. And I mean, <laughs> he shoots down his own culture. He shoots down the black culture every time he gets a chance. So, how many of those writers you thought was really going to leave to come join your show? Huh? Right. None. 
They're not going to leave. They got to, you know, they wasn't going to come put their things on the line with you. No. Yeah, you had a dream. You have a vision. And this is the show you wanted to do. Well, guess what? Like he said, you should have, you should have, you should have found a way to do that show without Disney money, because they were, they gave you an opportunity to try to make a show. But of course, they were going to have their hands involved in the show. Of you course, only going to be able course. to talk about. You may to talk about certain topics as long as you continue to do what you normally do, bash the young black culture. Yeah, you can get a show on that. So that's that's controversy. You're gonna make black people mad. So yeah, you know. Right. And, yeah, they love that. But they got, they but they got that. a guy for that. They got Stephen A. Smith for that. They don't need him. Nah, nah, but Whitlock is Whitlock. Stephen A. is more like a. He's more like a. He's a liberal. He's more of a liberal. Whitlock okay. is more like a conservative. You know, he's like a Stephen A. is like a liberal masquerading as like a conservative liberal yeah. at times. Like he, he, exactly. he waffles a lot. He waffles exactly. a lot. Exactly. And when Whitlock is more, he's like. He don't like nothing. He blame rap for everything. He's a rap guy. Right. Hip hop is why sports is bad. He kids don't know nothing. You know what I mean? Well, guess what, Whitlock? The same, the same culture you bashing. Now you want to do stories about them, and guess what? Those young writers don't want to work with you. So that's your fault. So how? But how did he think that that was going to work? How? How? Like when you think about it, and you, and you put that together in your head, how did you think that that was going to work out, considering? How how he's going about doing things? Because I've seen him on um, uh, what's the show with the the sports reporters on Sundays? Mm-hmm. I've seen him on there countless countless times. And they let him on black there? culture. Yeah, yeah, he was on wow. there. I've seen him a number of times. You know, he's talking about how black culture did this and black culture exactly. and, and, and you know and and so when you think about it, how did you think that these writers were going to give up their their jobs at the Chicago? you know, Tribune and all this other stuff and the L.A. Times, the Dallas Times to come right for you. And you've done, you know what I mean? How, who Who's going to put their name behind you considering who you are and what you stood for? So, you know, especially with Disney, they're not, they not going to let you do that. You must be out your mind. Now, if you got a little bit of how he wanted to go about it, then, yeah, because, you know, of course, you could sit there and talk about the black culture and, Put them down, and that'll work just just that's fine. What they that's what's going that's, on with the yeah. media now, exactly. And, and, and that's, he's just, that's what they wanted him to do. Yeah, he 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 just he really played himself on that one. I, but I he's been know doing that. So what, what what was his real issue? Nobody, like y'all said, nobody wanted to come work for this dude because it basically, at the end of the day, he 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 acts like an ass clown. Yeah, I mean because right. he says one right. thing. And then, you know, he comes off base with another opinion. Oh, well, you know, uh-huh. if it wasn't for rap music, you know, nothing. listen, right, let me, I got to, Rob, you brought this up uh, maybe last week. How many HBCUs did he go to? Exactly. I'm like, to look for right. Like, you, come on. All right. Come on, man. Check this out. If you wanted, if you really wanted to do a show from the ground roots like that, then you go get you some, you go to these colleges, go get you so many good writers, these young writers. Get them internships, get them grades for it. You go out there, you tutor them on how to become better writers and create what you want. But if you think right. if you was going to go flash, he thought he was going to go flash Disney money around and go snatch the best people in the best positions. That's no, right. they're not going to do that. They're not leaving to go work with you. They know they right. hear through, through the grapevine. Uh, we don't know if ESPN is going to pick that show up. Right. I'm not putting my name and on 
and they, and they know how and they know how he moves. So if all I exactly. need to know is how you move, if I'm working under you and I'm I'm going and and I'm potentially looking to switch jobs, the first thing I want to know is how you move. So how if I don't moving? like how you move, and then come on, how how is this supposed to work? How am I gonna leave my job to come work up under you? So you know he's just, he's 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 an idiot. He's an idiot for that. You know, and he he ain't got nobody to blame but but himself. Nobody yeah. to blame but yourself. So Nobody basically, what, what what he's looking for, he he is trying to take his ESPN money, the checks that he's getting from them, right? And he's trying to create a platform like what we're doing, and put it on ESPN. I could tell you right now, I don't know what back room he was smoking in, because you know I know he came on Kyle and Kyle heard and talked about how much weed he smoked when he was twenty six. You know, oh, excuse me, he had a 26-year-old female roommate and all that stuff, you know, when he first went to California. Um, I don't know how much weed he smoked, but you must be smoking if you think you was going to do this type of show on a Disney station like ESPN. There's no way. It. I don't care how much stuff we talk about on here, how much teaching we do, or how much expanding we do. When we take it, you know, uh, live and have video and people can see our face and see our expressions and, and, and see PowerPoint presentations and all of that stuff, like, we, we're going to go there. I mean, because we're just getting started. There's no way in hell that any of the big six uh, media outlets are going to take on this type of show because we're talking about the culture, counterculture, because the culture in media is not black. Okay, it's white. It's white mm-hmm. women too. Right. White women. Right. In reality, I know white men run it, but, but white women manage it, and they up in there. And so your black ass, all right, Jason Whitlock, your black ass, who talk mm-hmm. out of both sides of his mouth, you're not gonna use our checks on our time to talk about your shit. Unless you're going to be doing what you're supposed to be doing, bashing the culture. You know, keep talking about how, you know, maybe a Jay-Z song contributed to somebody, you know, not listening to their coach. Some wild stuff that he be trying to tie together. Wow. Because I'll I'll read a Whitlock article and I'll be like, all right. What are you talking about? He'll rope me in. Maybe in a in the first paragraph or so, because I I I was like, oh okay, I see where you're going. And then by the time I get to the middle, I'll be like, yo, what the hell is Jason talking about? And I'll be ready to Ooh. email him or something. I'll be like, yo, I ain't wasting my time emailing this dude, man, because dude, that dude, it don't make no sense, man. Walking, that dude has brought this on himself. He thought that he was going to go and flash that big money to these good yep. to these people with, who had jobs and be like, I can pay you more. Come work with me. But they didn't they see the vision. Me no more. None of it. They didn't see that vision. <laughs> they didn't see the vision. And they, yeah, they nope. wasn't going to see the vision with his name on See, that's the thing. When you, when, when, when you talk out of your ass and then that shit comes back to backfire, you got to know, you got to learn another way to go get those people. You, need a, you, you needed somebody who was your face. You needed somebody else to approach them about the job. You needed somebody else to pitch you. Not you yourself, because nobody wants to hear from you. Because they know what type of person you are. Now you can go ahead yep. and write a million blogs talking about how this ain't this didn't happen, and, and some of it may not have happened. But the fact that it got out there, where I always say, if there's smoke, there's fire. 
So some of it might not be. I don't give so a yeah, They beat you. So yep. you know, I believe he. I believe he tried to get you to try to flash that big money that they probably was going Damn, to you know, pay for the writers and things like that. But they wasn't buying what he was selling because he's not believable. You know, <laughs> he's not believable. He's a he's somebody that's going to bag some. He's bashing things, and then you expect these same people to help you. Well, guess what? If you wanted to people to take you seriously, then you should have took your what? Down to a couple of these, these black colleges, these other colleges, started, gave up, go to see the, the chair people of these things, and say, yo, give me some of your best writers who's about to graduate, and they need to want to get into the sports business and let them train you. That's what you do. You got to do it. Since you want to do it from the ground up, do it from the ground up, baby. Go but you can't do it in front of ESPN. You're not going to ground up from ESPN, you know, because exactly. they're not trying to hear well, race, culture, and, and sports what, from, from his angle. Exactly. Because right. you think ESPN would give us a show? No. They wouldn't. They're going to they they, they tell we, you, they're going to tell yeah. us, you're going to have to tone that shit down. You're going to have right, to tone and, that shit down. And you know what? We'll you and a that whole would lot be, of money, but we're going to want you to, you know, we're going to need to want you to fall in line. So that would be the conversation in the back room. I mean, that's what it would be. Hey, you know, hey, you know what? You know, we'll give y'all, y'all, love, you know, y'all we'll give y'all three million dollars, three million dollars a year, you know, to do your show, you know, do it weekly. But, y'all, you know, y'all can't talk about this. You can't talk about that. And then you start <laughs> weighing money in like a million dollars. Could I tone it down for a million dollars? Honestly, I don't know, man. I want to talk about what the fuck I want to talk. Oh, like, I need, about. You know, I don't need to curse. I, I don't. I don't need to curse. I could. I don't. You know what I'm saying? But talking about but the I'll, things that we talk about, but like this right here, because it's stuff that matters. Cool. It matters, man. Right. I'm not going to be on television yep. or be on the radio and just blowing steam in somebody's ear. Like, oh, man, they ain't talking that bullshit. No, when you tune in on this, whether you archive it or listen to it live, you be like, yo, they talking about some real stuff that you need to hear. And granted, you know, we all have a, a point of emphasis where we might sound like we long-winded or ranting, but it's just a point that we're trying to get out. I'm, we never rant. We're trying to get it out there because it's passionate. So when it's passionate and it's, and it's, and it's geared around sports, culture, society, race, it could never start out mainstream because mainstream right. is counterproductive to the black experience. It's showing you that on television. You can look at any television show and you will see the counterproductive of what you're trying to do. It is 2015. Them Cosby shows and different world, all that's gone, man. You missed it. If you, you know, maybe you got Netflix, you could you could kind of uh, reminisce and, you know, you know, watch that and then come talk to me. YouTube something else and then come talk to me. And understand where we came from. But he know better. Whitlock know better. You work for Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, a straight-up racist redneck, all right? And you left there, and you went to Walt Disney. You went to one plantation to the other. And but he was already at ESPN. That's what I'm saying. You was already at ESPN. ESPN got rid of him before. Yeah, exactly. They got rid of him before. Right. And then you can't. You right. Size and then you go back. 20-inch yep. neck. 20-inch neck pork chop eating. <laughs> Act like you don't have no damn sense. Go from ESPN to Fox back to ESPN. They say, hey, we're going to give you a show if you can get some writers. 
You ain't getting no damn Now, if they really was behind the show, they would have gave you. If they was behind the show, they would have gave you access to some writing, right? So that lets you know. They let you know. We will hire a project as long as you do the work and get your own writing because we're not going to give you no writing to write this. So we don't believe you. Would you put your career on the line for him? Shariah, would you put your career on the line and go work under this dude? Considering no, the history no, not of for, what not, has been going on no. for him? Given, not me. Given, not exactly. And that's the problem. That's, no, that's not at this problem. age. Not, given, not, after, not yeah. after 15 years in. No, hell no. Right. Now, I'm sorry, you, I'm sorry just, Jay. I can't do it. Now, now, if you was a, now, if you was a kid, friend, if you was a kid in college, and you was going to right. be a decent salary... Exactly. Um, and, you know and you was trying I'm to a Station. 
Exactly. So he can do the stories he wants because it's cutting edge and it's going to be on the line. That's what you got to do. You got to get... Cause you that's do what it, and that's what it's about. You got to get to that yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can't be like, well, you can't... He has been already fired. He knows this. He knows how they work. They already fired you. So if you wasn't and you came back... back. Like how, if you wasn't coming back like how Stevie Nate came back and ready to kiss that ass to do whatever it takes to keep the jet coming, then, no, that wasn't going to be, they wasn't, we ain't going to do nothing for you. You know what I'm saying? We ain't going to do nothing for you. I'm angry at the system. You know what I'm saying? And that's just keeping it 100. Like, Stephen A ain't just, Stephen A came, but he got fired up. He had the late night show. He had all that. He did. He did. They got rid of him. He was hurt. Yep. He was out there. He had to start doing. He had to climb his way back by doing. Um, he was on segments. He was on segments. He was doing. He was doing the Steve Harvey show. When Steve Harvey wasn't here. And he started doing that. Steve Harvey, was, Steve Harvey put him on like y'all yeah, was the one in for me on days I ain't here. You know, and people start listening to him again. It was like, yeah, you know, we missed you. Now. He's back to where he was, and now he got up. Now he he back uptown, so now he's feeling himself, and he out there issuing issuing threats to basketball players. That's the same thing you can expect from a Whitlock. I'm just a he gangster. Get in the door. He'll get in the door and do, right. get high, get high on the person, and then be like, you know what? Like I said, it's the it's the, it's the hip hop culture that's messing up sports. Instead, that's doing that. Explain <laughs> them young black kids that won't pull their pants out. It's whatever. It's, it's, this is how this dude is. So, I don't blame nobody for not working because I would have a hard time working. The check would have to be would have to be incredible. And I'd have to have his check along with my check to work with him. So, to work with him, like, honestly, this is this this would be a figure. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about everything. Like, for me to work with him, Knowing what he has put out there and what he has presented, man, he would have to give me like five million dollars. You know yeah, that that first year. I'm t- I'm talking about just to just to be in the same office and and uh, and, 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 and witness <laughs> his bullshit exactly. and put and put up with because you know because the the type of personalities that we have, like yes, we are all personal, but at the same time, none of us tap dance so. We're not on the road to fame. You know, I would rather teach than exactly. be famous any day of the week. That's what you know, that's because that's what it's about. it's about reaching and teaching. Like, the, the person who was on a fame, like, fame is this. Fame is you have money while you're famous, right? And then when you're not famous anymore, you got to work to get that money back, you know, and keep yourself famous. So then you wind up doing stuff that, you know, typically you – wouldn't have done when you was famous for the most part, unless you played the game thoroughly. But for the people who chase fame, that's what you're going to get. At the end of the day, you're yeah. going to get an empty plate. Your plate is empty, man. And then you're going to have to do some uh, some unru- uh, unwilling stuff, you know, to, I don't know, and you still might not be famous. But somebody like Whitlock that's been around, the man is 48 years old. He knows better. He but knows better. Exactly. He came in. He came in with the tap dance shoes on, man. He, he danced better than James Brown. You know what I'm saying? With his 20-inch neck. Yeah, you, know, you figure you got a bigger brain than that, man. But, you know. <laughs> you know but, anyway. 
<laughs> yeah, but, but that's what makes me mad about him because he's a good writer. And that's he what is Paul, a good writer. He's he a, a very good writer. good writer. I would never yeah. d- demean his writing skills because he's a very good writer. But the, when he veers away from the facts and he starts injecting, I don't know, his opinion, maybe he was one of the kids. Maybe he was the number 12 kid, man. You know how you might be, you know, want to play ball and you got nine people in the park and he's the 10th. And you'd be like, nah, we're going to wait. You know, maybe he was one of those kids. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, but, but he was the one that always got out. You ain't got to get out culture. Like, he, he was the one that always got out in dodgeball. Yeah. <laughs> oh, please. He ain't got no, you know, but you know what, though? If oh, the people man. Are skilled, who are skilled and they can write, you know, I, I ain't mad at them until they start, you know, um, taking their writing talking for granted. Talking nonsense. Because exactly. you, when you write something, yo, it's there forever, man. If you don't take it down, it ain't going nowhere. Same thing that we mentioned in one of the earlier episodes. Don't press send. If you don't want it out there, don't put it down. Don't say it. You know, even us, we have some control. But at the same time, knowing we can edit stuff, the only thing I'm really going to edit is if something is uh staticky or you didn't hear what they say I'm not going to take out a clip because I called you know some company uh, a racist company you know like I want to go work for them in the future and I, listen that's not what we're aspiring to do uh, you want to give us a check for us to be ourselves and stay ourselves you want to help me clean up a show like yo give me some you know some guys who just that's what they do they do digital y'all do all this electronic stuff and digital board and and we'll just talk and you know you know we got the cue cards and we got all that. If you want to clean it up like that, that's fine. But you can't clean up the content because the content is raw. The content is true. And it's the fact. content is factual. And it's factual. The content exactly. is educational. It's educational. Yeah. And and I mean, come on, and, and, you, you can't know, dispute I, facts. It's hard you to can't dispute, dispute facts. And <laughs> you know. I know, I know. We, we well, we're not really going on segment because you know we're still talking about you know the role of the media and everything, and because he is a part of the well, he was a part of the media. Now he's gonna be blogging, you know, get, tagging people's emails, and I guess I read it, you know, if he, uh, I'll subscribe to his little blog, you know, but you know, like like your company, <laughs> like your company, you know, Sarai SMC, you know, the goal of it is to enlighten the student athlete, the parent, and, um, and you know, of, of what's available and what's difficult options, to obtain. Right. You know, you, you need to Option, know the options. Yeah. And, 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 who you know, ex- explain, you know, for the people who we deal with reality. <laughs> explain, explain the goal. Explain your company. Real quick. You know, we take as, we take as long as you need. What's, what's the gist what? of SMC? <laughs> What, what do you want to do with Essence? Here's what it is. Be, yeah, you know, yeah. SMC, but, yeah, me and Rob, we're curious. Man. I, I created SMC uh, Sports Consulting because I'm a former athlete myself, former college athlete, former coach, college coach. So the goal with SMC is that we are, I'd like to enlighten student athletes, parents about the recruiting process of college. Right, because we have so many issues with kids who go to school um, because they saw it on TV, or they seems to assume that you know only going Division One is the best route to go when you don't play. So it's like, what's the point in that? 
you know, my goal is that, listen, we're going to create a plan. That's all about planning. We're creating a plan for what you want to do. You want to go to college, want to maybe potentially get a scholarship. I'm, I'm, I deal with facts, okay? I deal with facts on this show. I deal with facts in my real life. There's no bullshit. There's nothing. I, I give it to you straight. This is what it is. And I lay out the options for you. Hey, will you tell me what you want to do? What's your goal? As far as college, locations, majors, anything like that. I go out, I do the research, I do the work for it, and I give you some of my suggestions based on what I found about what I think is some of the best options for you um, in terms of majors and, you know, if you're considering this and, you know, what about this. Um, my goal is just to get you, get student athletes and their parents to just broaden their minds, broaden your horizons about what you're looking for. Because a lot of times student athletes have no idea what they really want. They just think that they do. I want to go here. Oh, I want to go to school in Florida. Well, why Florida? You know, all, I only want to go to Division One. Well, how do you know that? So it's about getting yourself prepared for all angles because, again, it's planning for the future. We're not in the now. We're planning for the future. Um, so that's, that's why I created it. It's, it's, for me, myself, coming from a – I'm a former player who transferred colleges three times because I've mm-hmm. had scenarios that have been out of this world. And it would take me a whole nother hour to even explain it. But I've been through it, to say the least. So I'm just going to leave it there. But I can basically guide you as far as what's important, what you should be focused on. You know, then we talk about skill. We talk about it all. We talk about skill. Hey, where are you? Let's be realistic. Because let's be honest, everybody, people listening, parents, kids, students, everything, most of the time, your parents are your biggest fans, right? So they're not going to tell you what you want to – they're not going to tell you what you should hear. they tell you right. what you want to hear. Oh, you're great. Oh, you're averaging 25 points a game in high school. Oh, you're great. No, I'm giving it to you straight. This is what I see. For well, I'm a coach, I can look and I can tell. I can look at tape. I can look at – I'll pop up at a game just so I can see myself and tell you so, what you need to work on. So a question, question. So is it just pertaining to basketball, or is it for any sport? All sports, any sport, um, because at the end of the day, it's just it's basically about getting getting the, getting to college. That's the important mm-hmm. thing. Is is going to school, getting that mm-hmm. degree. You know, that's the that's the goal. And mm-hmm. you know, I make it clear to everybody, parents, students. Listen, this is not about the parent. This is about the student, because at the at the end of the day, it has to be them that's going to school. You gotta like where you're going. You can't go anywhere and hate where you're going because then all you're going to do is you're going to leave. So it's about being comfortable. You know, some people say, oh, my kid, they can only play a scholarship. They, they, you know, they can't go. They need a scholarship. Listen, we have to exhaust all opportunities. Let's look at scholarships. Let's look at, you know, I go deeper into it, you know, because, again, at the end of the day, my goal is to help student athletes find the right school that suits their needs so that they can be successful and they're not transferring out, and they're not, you know, dropping out. You know, academics, that's a huge thing, too. I look at transcripts. All right, let me see what you're working with. You know, and if if JUCO is the best way for you to go right now, that's the way you should go. And a lot of parents don't want to hear that. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, no, my kid can go. Listen, this is what it is. If your kid got a 1.5, that means they need to go to JUCO. (laughs) 
you know, if the SATs ain't looking like this, they need to go to JUCO. There's nothing wrong with it. But again, you know, we got we to gotta plan, you know. So I'm pretty much the objective voice in the whole thing. I'm speaking for the kids because this is what, to me, I feel like this is what's needed because too many kids are focused on the wrong thing. Oh, I want to go play in the league. You ain't going to play in no league. You 5-2. Where you going? Right, let's, right. Let's figure out. Let's let's check out some some cool. low D two, some D three schools. Let's 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 talk about this. Let's I, you real. know what? I got it.